Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. I am your host, Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a 15-year MLB veteran. He's a three-time World Series champion. And Kurt, he's gotten into the restaurant business. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Coibito Pokey. You got uh, it. I'll let him tell you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Todd Stottlemyer to the program. Todd, thanks for coming on. Brett, how are you, man? It's been, it's been a long time, and, and it's a lot more fun for me doing this podcast with you than it was pitching against you. I'll tell you, I, I was I was going over the you know last night. I was going over what we we're going to talk about today, and I thought uh, I was talking to my my executive producer who who works with me behind the scenes, and I said, "Yeah, Todd, when I was a kid, man, '92, I said Stottlemyre was like this mean guy, and and he hated everybody." I thought. Years later, we we got put together by a, a mutual friend of ours, Mike Morgan. He goes, "Oh, Booney, he goes, you'd love Stottlemyre," and, <laughs> and uh, no, it was really interesting how we start and and our on our journeys through Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and and always respected the heck out of you. But I did when I was a kid, I was scared. Of you. I'm like that Stottlemyre. He's like a psycho. He's mean. Yeah, he's I, I looked at you as like, yeah, yeah, like kind of like a David Cohn. I'm like, no, no. no. Something, something about him, but uh, you know, it's funny. Is is you know, in the sport, it's 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 almost like you go into character, right? And and you know, early in my career, what was crazy was, you know, I really struggled with my focus, and because I struggled with my focus, I got to a place um, in my career where um, the way that I would eliminate distractions is just not talk to anyone on game day, and and uh, so I stayed very you know, kind of to myself, but then about an hour before game time, I would build up this hate and this hate was against hitters because the competition is every time someone stood in a box, it became a one-on-one competition. Right. And, and, and uh, so I, I would build this hate. So it was almost like I would go into character. It's so funny because when whatever club I was on, sometimes, you know, you make a trade and, and someone comes over and they're like, man, and they become my best friend on the team. And they're like, dude, yeah. I, like, I hated you. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, <laughs> you know, and I say, yeah, I understand. I wasn't there to make friends. And, and uh, you know, obviously the game has changed, but that's not the topic of conversation today. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, for me as a starting pitcher, I didn't want to make friends. I didn't want to make conversation with any opposing player or especially someone that was, you know, could face me because I didn't want them to have an edge. I don't want, I didn't want them to think I was a good guy, mm-hmm. you know? So it was kind of like going into character anyways. There yeah. We I, no, but I think it's interesting. I, yeah. This wasn't the topic of today, but, but I think it's a real cool topic that you bring it up because as a hitter, I was the same way and and we can't help it as, as our journey goes on and on. And we go from young players to a few years in the big leagues. Now you're a veteran. You can't help, but run into all these guys. Like you said, from across the diamond, I can't stand that guy. Yeah. Oh, in the off season, I did it. I did an appearance with him and damn it. He's actually a pretty good dude. Know. You know, and, and all of a sudden you're 10 years in and most of the guys are pretty good guys. And you're right yeah. though. There is an edge. I had, I, you know, I played on uh, four different teams. I was around some great pitchers, some 
really good guys, but I didn't like being buddies with the pitchers because yeah. I knew one day whether I was traded, they were traded, we moved on via free agency or whatever, I was going to have to face them. And I didn't like you looking at me on the mound thinking <laughs> we're buddies. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a perfect example for me was Dave Burba, one of my favorite teammates I ever had in my life. He was a golf partner with me in the offseason. We'd go to Pebble Beach together every year. And we played together in, in uh, Cincinnati for a short stint. But yeah. every time I'd face Burbs, and he's kind of, if you know Dave at all, he's he's kind of a goofy guy. Yeah. And I'd get in the heat of the moment. It'd be a big situation in the game. Burbs is on the mound. And he'd be making faces at me on the mound. And I didn't like it because I'm like, no, I'm here to I'm here to knock the shit out of you, Burbs. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can't be playing that. Give me that Burbs charm yeah. right now because you're right. you're. You're and, and he probably did it for that reason. Yeah, you know, gamesmanship. You know, I, I, uh, you know, early in my career playing against Ricky Henderson, you know, I couldn't stand Ricky Henderson, and then we became teammates, and I was like, wow, like I love this guy. Yeah, and we and we got really close, and and uh, and you know, to this day when we see each other, we just kind of start laughing because um, then after we were teammates, we were opponents again. But I now understood Ricky and and Ricky was definitely one of those guys that would go into character on the field. You know, he's the guy in left field, you know, and he's him and the fans in left field, they're bannering going back and he's smiling and he's and he's doing all of his his tricks and games. But when he would come to the plate, it was odd, you know, and I, and I remember <laughs> we were in the third base dugout and as, as being an opponent of his after being his teammate. And he would always kind of step out. He would kind of kick his toes, you know, and the and his cleats and stuff into the ground. And he was kind of always look not into the dugout, but look above to the dugout, like kind of staring off into space, into the fans and this and that. And and but he was demanding that everyone watch him at this very moment. And I remember I was in the dugout and I was like, I'm gonna mess Ricky up. And I stood up and I started waving my arms and I'm like, hey, Ricky. I said, I see you. And he kind of looked at me and he kind of was like, and it took him completely out of his mojo. I yeah. mean, completely out of his character because it was broken. And for me, I was just, you know, for me, it was like, hey, listen, let me try to take his edge away or his character away, even though I wasn't pitching against him, but we were playing against him and he was so dominant. But it's crazy. Because for one second, you know, a lot of times I, I watch starting pitchers all the time being a pitcher. And I'm like, if I see someone start to talk or as they're walking off the mound and headed for the dugout or or smile or laugh or or get into it with maybe one of the other players on the other team and 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 in fun. Right. I always right. go, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I'm you're losing like, your you're losing your edge. Yeah, because that fo you, that focus you and that edge you can't. It's not a light switch. You can't turn it on and off. And so I see it. I see it happen so often, especially in amateur sports. You know, I see it. I see it so often. But you know what? You know what I? You know what I see it in today's game. That's that. I, I shake my head because we we played in a different generation. Yeah. And game will get out of hand. There'll be a position player come in to pitch to. A hitter. Yeah. Now that was the biggest nightmare for me ever. Cause now all of a sudden we've gone from big league baseball where this, this matters. My AB matters to kind of, yeah. it's a circus now. Yeah. It's, it's a sideshow. 
Yeah. But but it's still going to be on the back of my bubblegum card what I do right here. So yeah, I've got right. as a hitter and a position player's pitching, uh, you're in a no-win situation. Of course, yeah, as a hitter, you're, on supposed, you. you're supposed to get a hit. Yeah. And if you don't, everybody's laughing, yucking it yeah, up. I see today sure. when they strike out against a position player, it's it's like laughing. I'm thinking, that's not funny to me if I'm hitting. No. I don't care. When it counts, when the game counts and I make an out, it's still an out. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Maybe I'm getting old. But yeah. um, the Ricky thing is is an awesome example because he is a guy that if you never get to play with him, you, you, you just watch him across the field. He yeah. is a guy that you can't stand. And I couldn't yeah. stand him either. Uh, good friend of mine, Trevor Hoffman, was teammates with Ricky like you. And yeah. he said, Booney. I'll tell you, he's one of the best teammates I've ever had. He's I awesome. love Ricky Henderson. Then yeah. I got to where I worked with the A's. Uh, I was just a special assistant for a couple years in, in 14 and 15. And Ricky was a special assistant with me. Yeah. So we'd be an instructional ball together. I got to know him. Yeah. One of my favorite non-teammate baseball players ever. So I now I see that. Yeah, uh, the charisma that he he's always had that, but the yeah. draw and the reason guys like you who are teammates with him say what a, what an awesome guy he yeah. really is. He really is. Yeah. Uh, how do did I pronounce that right? Cobita Pokey. Cobito Pokey. That's it. Oh. All right. Yeah. You grew up in Washington. I know that. Uh, how how'd you get into this? What what inspired this? You know, um, <laughs> so it was. Uh, you know, it was about five years ago, I guess. And, and, um, you know, at the time my father, uh, was battling, you know, multiple myeloma blood cancer and I was going back and forth, you know, they, my parents lived in up in the Seattle area. So I was flying back and forth from Phoenix and, you, you know, my dad had a 20 year bout with this disease and, and, you know, it, it was ugly. And, and a lot of times in ICU, lots of chemo, lots of treatment, lots of different things. And, and it just started to wear on his body, you know, especially those last few years. And, you know, and I'm watching my father and, you know, after him retiring from baseball, it's supposed to be the golden years, but um, his golden years are the fight of his life for his life. And so it wasn't like he retired from baseball and he's taking vacations and he's doing all these things or, or enjoying his golden years. He's in the, he's in the greatest battle he's ever been in in his life, but I'm watching him and I'm watching, you know, his quality of life. And, and I'm like, you know, and I had a little brother pass of leukemia. I was 15, he was 11. And I'm like, this is crazy that cancer is attacking our family again. And, and uh, you know, I just, I was at a place where, and, and I was at a place where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a former athlete. I'm not in the best shape that I ever wanted to be in at that very moment. I'm watching kind of my my dad's body deteriorate through all of the treatment and go through the battle of this. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So I really, I really got refocused on physical fitness and, and mental fitness and spiritual fitness and all of this thing and said, you know, I've got five kids. I want to, I want to be around as long as I can be for my five kids. And, and then my partner, out of the blue says, Hey, let's go look at this restaurant. And we, we have a private equity fund and, and it's not a, an, an equity fund where people can invest in it. He owns half of it. I own half of it. You know, we got a number of companies and stuff that we dabble in and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and 
And I was like, no, I don't want to look at a restaurant because everything I knew about a restaurant was every athlete that ever got involved, they just went under someone sticks their name on the deal. And he goes, no, let's just go. He goes, look, let's just at least go to lunch. And we walk in and it's a pokey concept. And I'm like, man, this is my favorite. I love sushi and the whole raw fish and rice and vegetables and sauces and throw it in a bowl. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And he's and the, the guy we were meeting with was looking to expand in Arizona only. And then we walked out of that meeting. My partner looks at me, he goes, what do you think? I said, I'm going to take it to the nation. He goes, no, that's not that's not part of the deal. I said, well, I don't really care what he wants to do. I said, listen, and and, and here was the question I asked my partner. I said, and it's quick service. And I said, look, look, here's here's the here's the here's the question I have for you is name name five quick service restaurants where you can go eat where the food is good for you. He couldn't name one. And I'm like, you see, everything that this food line represents came either from a farm or came from the ocean. There's no preservatives. It's not man-made, right? It, it was. It's all in its natural self. And it's everything that we need to be consuming to perform at a high level, for our bodies to perform at a high level. And I started to reflect on our careers. Now, look, the athlete today eats different than we ate back in our cafeterias and our kitchens, you know, and it's all about high performance. But at the end of the day, I started thinking about it. It's like I can eat a poke bowl at lunch and I can go get an hour let uh, an hour later. I can go perform at the highest level. But and then I would compare it always in this conversation. I'd say, now let's let's reflect and go back to Thanksgiving dinner and tell me what are you doing one hour after Thanksgiving dinner? Probably laying on a couch, probably got a remote in your hand, probably got the NFL on TV and you're probably sleeping. You're not performing. So right. for me at that moment watching my father, knowing our family history, understanding how food played a role in performance, I was like this for me it was a no I, I love the food, I eat it consistently. And I was like, this is a no brainer. And 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 so I wanted to give people an option to to be able to eat something, to consume something that's delicious, but at the same time, nutritious. And at the same time, an hour later, don't need a nap, can go perform, whether it's in business, whether it's in sport or whether it's everyday life. That is funny because that's that's what we do, because I've been into fitness for a long time and I like, you know, food is fuel and I, and I get all, but you're right. Thanksgiving and most of us that, that stick to somewhat of a diet, there's certain times of the year where you kind of go off it. And I, and sure. Thanksgiving for me, yeah, I have the Turkey, but you're right. It puts you in that mode of I'm sitting there watching football and I'm tired and, and I ate too much because I'm saving up for this big Thanksgiving feast and no, I get it. So uh, no, very cool. You're doing that. Uh, you mentioned pops. Obviously you grew up in a family. We, there's a lot of similarities uh, from the Stottlemyers and the Boons. You, you had a brother. You had a brother that came up, uh, played professionally, played for the the yeah. Royals in 1990. Dad had a great career with the Yankees, and and yeah, uh, you know, I'm a little jealous. I, 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 at the top, I said you had three World Series. Dad had five. Yeah. Believe me, I beat my head against the door. And and when he was uh, the pitching coach for the Yankees under Joe Torre and all those great teams, I had many a battle and, and usually didn't come out on the good end of it. But uh, my dad's got two now. One is an executive and one 1980 Phillies. My yeah. grandpa had one. You know, he passed away years ago, but uh, he, he won a World Series. 
I got nothing. I got a second place ring. Aaron's never had one. So there's a little jealousy when it comes to rings between the Boons and the Stoudemires, but a lot of similarities. And there's not too many guys I get to talk to that kind of lived our life. Um, I want to talk about pops and brother. Um, I think you were, were you the big, you're the little brother. I'm the little So brother. Mel Jr. is two years older than you. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. Aaron and myself grew up. I have a younger brother, too, Matthew. Uh We grew up running around the stadium, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Then Aaron was four years younger than me. My dad got traded to the Angels. So Aaron got to do the the young guy thing in Anaheim. Right. Uh, I was in high school. I was getting a little older, getting into, you know, playing baseball and and getting on with my life, going to college. But, man, those experiences as a kid – they're awesome. And at the time I, I just took it for granted that no dad goes to the ballpark. He's a big yeah. league player. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, doesn't every kid get to do hang out at veteran stadium, hang out yeah. with, with Pete and, and Carlton and, and Schmitty and bull. That's Crazy. what everybody gets to do. You know, yeah. uh, now fast forward to where I am in life. Now you look back and man, what, how fortunate I was and how cool it was. You grew up in a similar family. Dad was a big leaguer. Uh, dad was a big league coach forever. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. Tell you me, know, about, your crazy tell me because, about your childhood. Yeah, you know, very similar. And, you know, our families are very similar in, in the fact that, um, you know, we're lucky enough to be a part of Major League Baseball. And that's how I really look at it. It's like, man, I'm so grateful of, of my father's career, of growing up in that as a kid. And, and you're right, you're not aware of how lucky Right. And you mentioned, you know, your father's teammates and it's like, gee, many cricket. Right. It's like you were around Hall of Famers and you're you're hanging out and you're in the clubhouse and you're out roaming the fields. And, you know, it was a different game. then. it's like, you know, when I was going to Yankee Stadium, you know, it's like my father's teammates were Mano, Maris and Ford. Right. It's like, you know, in the early days, I still remember Mickey you know, pregame would be in the ice bath and postgame would be in the ice bath. And he would yell at me, hey, kid, go get me something to drink out of the deal or whatever. But, you know, uh, and Mickey was great to us. And and it's and it's just crazy that, you know, and Yogi Berra being my father's first manager. And then and then like decades later, Yogi celebrating his 80th birthday. I'm celebrating my 40th and we're doing it together in New York. And it's like it's almost like, is this even real? And, you know, when you look back on it, you look you look at your dad's career, you look at your dad's teammates, you look at all of that, you get to be around it. And it's like, you know, but yet we're just kids and we and and as kids, you that's exactly right. You think like, well, everyone it's not this isn't unique. And it's like I would be in New Jersey and we, you know, have the broomsticks, tennis balls and chalk bases on the street and. You know, mom would yell, dad's going to the stadium and we would run over, pour, throw our Yankee uniforms on and go to the go to every home game with my father. And and Yankee Stadium was nothing more than a playground for us. And and very similar to how you guys grew up. And and I and I and I look back and it's like it's not like, hey, I watched guys and I was learning from them. And let me go write this down and, and let me go use this for my career. But it is there is something so powerful to it. Think about it. Your childhood, my childhood, same type of childhoods. We were in the same type of environments. And then those environments, whether we know it or not, helped lead us to follow our dream to also then play Major League Baseball. 
Now, what happens is when we have our careers and wherever stages our kids are in, it's not the same deal. Kids aren't, they're not allowed to just run around the clubhouse. They're not allowed to run on the field. They didn't get, they don't get the opportunity today to have the environments that we had when we were kids, you know, it's not the same. I mean, during Yankee games, I would sit next to Ralph Houck, who was the manager and I, and there's a Yankee game going on, or I would sit in, if I was in the stands, I would sit on the lap of Mrs. Babe Ruth and she would buy us ice cream. I would go, I'm like, I'm, I'm going down to see Mama Ruth because she's going to buy. And when I tell people that I sit on Mrs. Babe Ruth's lap, they go like, how is that possible? Right. What people don't realize is she didn't pass till 72, right? I was seven at the time. So when I'm four, five, and six, I'm wearing Mrs. Babe Ruth out to buy me ice cream at Yankee Stadium. And I'm literally posted up on her lap and, you know, on her deal. So, yeah, I, we might not have been aware of what we were learning, but we were learning. We might not have been aware of what we were developing, but we were developing. Listen, it's like our environments. We become the, you know, we there's so much talk about you become your environments, you, but you become your environments. Like, look, if I go to Cabo with a group of friends, right? And and like they like to have a good time, there's a good chance I'm following suit in Cabo having a good time. You're gonna you're gonna become that environment. If I go to Cabo just with my wife, it's probably in a different environment and it's probably different fun than if I go with a group of guys. So Right. Our environments and, 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 and all of that is just, it leads so much to us. We don't, and I think that many times people aren't even aware of what's happening. And, and I believe that that's true for us when we were young. And, and I would tell you that when I look back on it, it's like, man, I'm just so grateful that I can have, even have those memories of those times. So and pretty- they are. Yeah, and they are. And I think as kids, we take them for granted. Cause like you mentioned, 100%. It's, it's the norm for us. Uh, you know, my dad was, I don't know how your dad was about it. My dad was very much a, Hey, here's the game of baseball. Let me hang around as much as possible. Hopefully one day, Brett, this is what you love to do, but he was very supportive. I never felt any pressure. You know, I'm sure you get questions all the time, especially when you were, were getting to the big leagues, you know, signing, going to the minor leagues. I got the questions all the time. Uh, you know, growing up, it must have really helped you. And and I developed a, a stock answer. It's like, you know, when you, because when, when you have that uniform on, when I had that Philly uniform on, running around, probably driving the guys crazy, shagging balls. For sure. Uh, you've got not a worry in the world. It becomes your job. It's different. So I remember when I first got to the big leagues, my first game, well, this isn't a big deal for you. You grew up. And I said, the hell, it ain't a big deal. I yeah. said, I grew up as a kid. This yeah. is my job now. If I don't do my job, I get fired. So yeah. it's different. But but once I thought about it, it's like I don't know how much that that helped me growing up in that in that environment in this family. But I know one thing: I know it didn't hurt me, yeah. and that's kind of my stock answer now. But but uh, yeah, no, you know, there's 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 you know that very true for me too. It's like you know they would say, well, you know, you're ready for this, and your whole life is. Been, I'm like, yeah, but now I have to perform. Right. Where, just like you said, you know, before, you know, when we were going to the stadium as kids, I, I mean, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't preparing for a game. I wasn't I didn't have to worry about any outcomes. And now it's our jobs. Right. It's a completely different animal. And it's like, 
yeah, it, the game is on the line and we got a chance to either make it or break it. And it is our job and we have a job to do. And, and there's prep work and there's all the nervous energy and all those things. It's like, look, we didn't, we didn't, just because we grew up in that environment, it didn't prepare us to overcome our nerves prior to game time. Right. <laughs> because exactly. we didn't have nerves as a kid, right? So we were like everyone else in that. And, and from a standpoint, our first, our first, your first at bat, my first game, my first pitch. I remember they brought me in Kansas City in 1988 because I was going to pitch like game six or seven because of off days and I was the fifth starter in the rotation and all that. Um, they brought me in in the first series against Kansas City. And I remember out of the bullpen just to kind of like get my legs under me for my first start against the Twins. And uh, I remember going getting out on the mound. I couldn't even lick my lips. Right. And and my and I was standing on the mound and and in a stretch position and and my right leg is shaking. And I'm like, ah, listen, ah, we can be around the game our whole life. But if you're not prepared to compete at that level, it's a it's a whole nother animal that is hard to explain. But, you know, all of a sudden it's like, man, it's the for me at that moment was the biggest thing in the world and 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 everything else. So, um you know, I'll, I'll say kudos to you on your stock answer. I, I, I'm going to adopt it, and I love it. And it's Enjoy perfect. it. Just just yeah. give me a little credit. Give me a little, little CC. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.